This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And welcome into another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner alongside my best buddy, Michael Burns, as always. Mikey, how you doing on this final week before Major League Baseball before the opening day. I it has been a great yeah. week of baseball. I'm doing it was fantastic what we got to do this year. Every it's not every year. Um, not every year. Not every year. We thought three more years though. The, three more we years. We thought this was our first normal spring training since 2019. We thought. We thought. But then the World Baseball Classic happened. Yeah, and we'll dive into that here in just a few minutes. Otherwise, how you doing, man? Home good, life good. Yeah, uh, the arm is coming along well. I'm, Arm's coming along. I'm, yeah. Well, how mm-hmm. how many weeks post op are you now? I had it December fourteenth. All right, so three months. So you're about fourteen weeks, give or take I, a couple of days. Yeah. I'm I'm in the gym a little bit more regular. Like third, th- this is the third week regular week in a row that I've hit the gym. Mm. I missed a day. Shoulder feels better, I think, because of it a little bit. I'm, I'm building the muscles around where they destroyed and building those muscles back up, and I'm feeling it. The 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 net in the backyard feels it. Oh yeah, you're throwing already. Oh, I'm, I've been I've been doing a program. I, I think I started program. in February, like 15 week program. Well, here he is, ready, folks. Baby. I'm gonna be ready. Sideburns. <laughs> you should grow sideburns because then you could be sideburns. Sideburns. We'll, we'll give that a look. We'll give that a look. We'll give it a look. Think, I'll talk to my. I'll talk to my people. Will be okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, talk, I'll talk to my people. Well, you're joining us here for Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. We talk about bourbon and baseball, also whiskey, so not just strictly bourbon. You can find us here on YouTube. Maybe some of you watching. We hit 50 subscribers. So, whoop whoop. I wish whoop, we had a uh, round of applause. Button, a sound bar. Uh, button. You know, we're gonna have to. Make some money and maybe get a, a soundboard to make the claps. Clap, yeah, here's clap. One. Here's, I, got a, I got one button right here. Oops, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> I should make my Foghorn uh, app ready to go. And you can head on over and find us on YouTube at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Hit the subscribe button right below. And if you can, please hit the alarm button on the subscribe button because then it'll actually send you alerts every time we post a video or send out some cool content. You also can find us on Instagram. We're almost to 1,000 followers. I think we're just a shy of 900. So that Instagram handle, at Barrels and Barrels Pod. And you can also find us on Facebook, at Barrels and Barrels Pod. We've been pretty active over there uh, for the last couple of weeks, all being part of the World Baseball Classic, which we'll jump into as well. You can review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. That would be awesome. You can also find us on Amazon Podcasts. And now we are on Stitcher along with Google Pods as well as iHeartRadio Podcasts. do want to give out a couple of shout-outs. Some new YouTube subscribers, JP Wright and Robert Bonin, joined in here over the last couple of days. And also we did get another review on Apple Podcasts, Mikey. My how many, horse how many stars? LVR. Was it was it good? Was it good? We talk we we wouldn't talk bad too. We wouldn't talk bad too. Yeah, you talk bad about us if you want. We want we want like legit reviews. We've got five point zero out of five 
So we're five stars all across the board. 13 ratings, 13 five stars. So thank you to all of you. There you go. And if you do that, can you please leave a review? We just got a new one. It's titled, Let's Go from My Horse Lover. Uh, a unique combination of topics makes for a great podcast. Michael Brandon provide a great information and conversations surrounding bourbon and baseball. And it is fun listen to the passion of these two guys have for both. Highly recommend. So thank you, My Horse Lover. I'm going to guess it's my horse lover. It's my horse LVR. So watch it be something completely different. <laughs> <laughs> my horse liver. <laughs> if it's a horse liver, I bet you, you could drink a lot more. But thank you to whoever that was that uh, shared that rating. Again, head on over to Apple or Spotify. Please hit the five star if you like us. If not, let us know what, what you'd like to see different. But uh, we'll give you a shout out just like we did with my horse LVR. Uh, t-shirt order we posted that on instagram here the last couple of days we're just about that's, to put in some an good order feedback yeah we yeah some good, we've, so, so we've got quite a bit of t-shirts to order so if you'd like one reach out to michael on instagram or myself or our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast ig account as well so that's it for the business up front let's dive in to the bourbon portion of the barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast we've got a special one this week um oh boy today's technically the the second full day of spring as we record this. So nothing better than having a winter whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> we are going with New Riffs winter whiskey. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy, uh, my coworker, Evan Millward, who has loaned the rest of his bottle to us. Uh, I actually bought this for Evan back in December because he said it is one of the favorite whiskeys he's ever had. And he wasn't able to get it because this was a distillery only re release at New Riff. And New Riff, of course, is in northern Kentucky, right along the river, uh, just south of Cincinnati, out into Bellevue. Um, they list their their address as Newport, but they're in Bellevue where their distillery is and their barrel house is in Newport, Kentucky, which is literally like a stone's throw away. It's like the city line is a block away. Uh, so... This is their winter whiskey. It's a distillery only, $50 MSRP, so not bad. It's not one of those yeah. that's going to break the bank. It's really unique, though. Listen to this mash bill. 65% corn, 20% malted oats, 7% pale ale malt, 5% steel-cut raw oats, and 3% chocolate malt. Uh oh, this is very unique. No, I mean, I'm, holy pale L malt, steel cut oats, and chocolate oats. You said uh, chocolate malt. Chocolate malt. Oh so my! Sixty-five percent corn. Yeah. Twenty percent malted oats. Seven percent pale ale malt. Five percent steel cut raw oats, and three percent chocolate malt. This is aged at least four years on the bottle, and this again comes from New Year, New Riff Distillery out in Newport, Kentucky. If you're in the Cincinnati area, you know where that's at. But it's basically a Cincinnati distillery. It's just on the other side of the river uh, as Kentucky and Ohio meet. Wow. Right there at so the Ohio. no rye, no wheat. Mm -mm. This is uh, no, no barley. No barley. Uh, malted. They, they believe in a lot of malted. Um, I don't know if you noticed that. Out of the five, there's three of them that are malted. And when I did a distillery tour the other day with Cats Cocktails and Conversations, which is Jenny and Chris, as well as Michael and uh, Jesse, which is Michael at 1311 Miscellaneous, and Jesse is at Lady in the Bourbon, uh, they even have a full malted rye 
like 100% malted rye is their rye. So uh, they very, very strongly believe in the malt. So this is very unique. We're going to give it a try. Yeah, figuring so if that was, it was Evan's favorite that gave you that, you gave the bottle and he gave it back. If that's his favorite and it is funky after this mash bill, I'm going to question his palate a little bit. But <laughs> hey. Uh, I do trust Evan's palate. Um, but he said it was one of the best. He said the 2021 was one of the best ones he ever had. I He still said this one was pretty delicious. It's a yearly release in December. Um, and again, comes in at about 50 bucks. Distillery only, though. At least it was this year. Uh, I had to go grab guy? one. Well, it's a bottle and bond bourbon oh, as well. So that's going to come out at 100 proof. If you haven't listened to our bottle and bond episode, that means anything that is bottle and bond has to come in at 50% alcohol by volume, which is 100 proof. Uh, so, yeah, here it is. Um, yeah. They, uh, they, I'm going to start I'll, nosing I'll this thing over here. Yeah, it's, it's very unique. I I've had new riff. I have a new riff single barrel. Um, that I got in Nashville many years ago, and I probably got two to three pours left in it, and I thought it was a light, like a lighter whiskey tasting. Um, I want to say that it was 2018 that I got a single okay. barrel straight, not from New Riff, um, locally in Nashville there. So I'm using the Pix app. Uh, big shout out to Pix app. Uh, I really love what they're doing over there because uh, it really just helps you kind of keep track of all your thoughts if you don't have pen and paper in front of you. Also, if like you you see or you smell something that you just can't quite put a finger on, it allows you to pick something out and be like, ah, that's what that is. Right. I find a very unique, this has a, a classic New Riff nose to it to me. There's, I pull mint out of all the New Riffs that I've ever had, or spearminty at least. I don't get like, a fruit at all. No, there's no fruit in this nose. I got apricot. You got apricot, some spearmint. I do get a little bit of that chocolate, butterscotch, caramel, and there's like a burnt toast. Yeah, um, I get like a like the more on the, that side. That's all I get right there. I have all that the, malt. The nose there. to me is pretty good. It's interesting, but it's not like. A turn off right away. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's for me. It's not. I don't. It's, it's the word I'm looking for is kind of like dark on the yep. nose. There's nothing light and spicy and fruity about it. It's it's very malt like odie, malty and odie a little bit mm -hmm. is, is the way I, I describe it. The only fruity part of it I get out is apricot, and I think there's a little bit of a a spearminty mint uh, portion to it. Not overpowering by much, but I think it's there for me. I'm going to, it's a decent nose. I'll say that. I've already wow. coated my mouth. Have you taken a. I just a, did that coat and it is like mint gum on the tip of my tongue. Yeah? Mint gum. I mean, just, and now that I'm letting it fall through the back of my mouth, it's like I'm chewing a piece of spearmint gum. I get a lot of spearmint. Mm -hmm. out of new riff stuff um, this is like i'm chewing a piece of gum right now double mint <laughs> double mint mouthfeel has got like a little bit of a sharp syrupy feel to me mm -hmm. it's not it's, oily no it's not so it's uh, not oily it does have a bite right away to me like mm -hmm. from the moment it hits your mouth you can it, it sips to me 
higher than a 100 proofer. Agreed. Agreed. And I wonder if that's the, that, of course, there's that spice, which is interesting to me. What's, what's causing that spice out of that mash bill there, you think? Uh, it could be the barrel. Uh, my guess is the pale ale malt. Hmm. Think about like a, a pale ale beer, right? Yeah. It's got a little bit of that bitterness to it. And this is a very, like I, I would, the first thought when I s- took a sip, got a bitter bitterness to it. So if you're a beer, a craft beer lover, I think that this would be right up your alley, um, being that it's got that bitterness to it. I'm not a huge IPA fan, so I'm kind of turned off a little bit by it on the uh, the pale part of it, the bitterness. I think that there's a little bit of a bite. There's a burn to it. Uh, it's got a little bit of pungentness to it as well. It's, it's do you funky. get any oak? Do you get oak out of this? Slight, not much. Slight, like yeah. very young, immature oak. And I think that's the idea. I mean, does it say chocolate? It says chocolate on the bottle. And I think mm-hmm. by saying it's a dark, it's a heavier, it's oaty. This is like cho- chocolate oats. It, it was heavy on the nose. It was heavy on the. It's heavy on the palate even. Mm-hmm. Three percent chocolate malt, so not a huge um, percentage of that, uh, but it is roasted chocolate malted barley. Uh, yeah, so it says a unique whiskey was inspired by our brewing background. So it's got that brewing um, background to it, as they say. Uh, yeah. So you can definitely feel that or taste that coming through, uh, in my mind. So it is malted barley. You said it's chocolate malted barley. Chocolate malted barley, yes. So, okay, earlier I said uh, there was no malted barley. Yes. So I guess there is malted barley, but it's just roasted chocolate malted barley. This So this is just, this doesn't give out that heavy yolk. There's no, for me, there's no mm-hmm. heavy yolk. There's no vanilla. I think there's um, more vanilla or butterscotch on the nose than there is in the palate. Nothing, nothing light about this. It's all... Mm-mm. It's a great, great comparison. This is more of a, a hoppy, you know, type mm-hmm. of dram. Definitely. Uh, I, I've got a, a taste on the backside. I want to, I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I'm going to give my thoughts because I don't want to taint your, your palate. But there's a unique back end to this that changes the whole thing for me. You're talking about the finish. Yeah, the finish in the back half of the mouth pour. Yeah, the back half. It's almost like that's where that chocolate comes in, but it's a dark chocolate. Right, it's bitter. It's not semi-sweet. It's not milk chocolate. It's like 80% cacao. (laughs) 80% cacao. (laughs) I got bitter oak, uh, and that's what I'm putting here. I'm going to call it like an ashtray finish almost. Ooh. Like you know what so I mean? Like how do you how do you get that? Like it almost feels like what I would assume ashes taste like from a cigarette. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's like you know what you. I mean, you eat enough grass and dirt as a kid, but you know what? Like when you eat that Hardy Bots jelly bean that tastes like mm-hmm. mud or grass, you're like, you're like, yep, I get, yep. I know what I got. It's got like a charcoaly and like ashtray bitterness to it. Yeah. And that, so here's a, a, a comparison I have for that back end. I said it was like a, a dark chocolate. You yeah. Know, the Tootsie Pops, a one, a two, <laughs> a three. This tastes like a 
one, you know, one that you, there was no lollipop left to it. And you're just you're just sucking on chocolate. <laughs> um, sucking on chocolate. That's going to be the name of this episode. Sucking on chocolate. Uh, <laughs> so on our barrels and barrels of bourbon and baseball podcast rating scale, uh, which goes from top of the top Hall of Famer, all stars, second, third is an everyday player, which is just a guy that you have on your everyday lineup, whether that's on the bar or on the baseball field. He's always someone that you can rely on to be in your lineup and put out a consistent output. Bench player, not a bad player, uh, just doesn't crack the everyday lineup. Go to him for a mix up here or there. And then the DFA, designate for assignment. Do not want you. Do not want you on my team. Get out of here. Go to somebody else's bar. So on that, on our ratings field, Mikey, where are you at? Um, sorry, Evan. Uh, don't really. This is just isn't isn't my jam. This isn't my dram. I got a DFA. This guy. So there's another DFA for Mikey, the X Man Burns, coming in <laughs> uh, with a DFA. This is almost like like screwball for me. Peanut yeah. butter whiskey, just not not good. Uh, I'm gonna also DFA it. Yeah. All right, people, you hear that, Brandon, with his first DFA, Brandon crapping on a bourbon. Can you believe <laughs> it, folks? Can you believe it? I mean, you had to expect it after that ashtray comparison there. I think that's what turns me off. And it's not that. It's more so I'm not an IPA fan by any means. I do not like anything that's too hoppy. I don't like bitterness of my beer. Like I'm going for a light beer or uh, an ale. I'm not going for an IPA. Um, The bitterness of an IPA just really like turns me off. So that's why I had to DFA this. I like New Riff. I've got another bottle on the shelf behind me somewhere back there. It's right there. Right there. Just picked that up the other day. Okay, and there... there. But yeah, um, it just uh, wasn't my jam. I trust Evan's palate. I know Evan likes beer too, though. So that's a big thing. And I know that if you're a fan of IPAs or stuff like that, uh, you're going to like this bottle. But that's not for me and Mikey. No, that's it's all almost I'll a say. dessert bourbon a little bit because as, as I sit here, it, I mean, you got to get past that spice and that mint. But now mm-hmm. I'm just like that Tootsie Roll pop is just sitting in my mouth or like screwball it's, whiskey. It's got that dark chocolate feel for sure. And I enjoy their malted rye. If you haven't had their malted rye, it's fantastic. Their regular rye is really good. I'm just not a fan of their winter whiskey. They've got a new um, special one coming out here soon. Hold on, I, I mean, when's with that up? When's the last time, Brandon, I haven't finished a, a pour during this review? And I'm 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 not going back to it. I'm just sitting here not by myself. Not. I mean, I'm going to. It's still brown water. <laughs> and because my other ones are. Oh wait, no, I got I got my babies back here. I, I can pour me some BRT right here. <laughs> uh, you've still got some left. I still. I'm about halfway. I try to I try to spread the love. So New Riff Winter Whiskey, uh, a distillery-only release. I do think they're also coming out with another distillery-only release that drops in the month of April. It's called Silver Grove, uh, and I believe it's an homage to um, their Silver Grove like uh, Rickhouse uh, Warehouse, which is where their uh, new warehouse in Silver Grove is uh, being built just to the east of the distillery, I believe. So go grab one of those as well. That is a... 
regular mash bill of 6535 uh so 6530 and 5 so that'll be a little bit more on the uh the traditional bourbon. whiskey bourbon and that is also a bottled in bond so you want to check them out uh, not trying to crap all over a new riff i like what they put out just not a fan of the winter whiskey and again i think that's just because of the um uh, mash bill the mash bill uh it's got to be the pale ale malt that really hits me because i I'm feel sure like some I people would... like it i'm sure i'm sure oh. some people like it people like screwball people like mm-hmm. well the, uh, think of the uh the beer crowd out there right like that's a big thing and ipas are generally one of the uh the things people trend, tend to go to so if you're a fan of an ipa i think this would be right up your alley i just don't think that anybody who doesn't enjoy a bitter beer is gonna like this because it has a bitter beer um Bitter, better, bitter, better, beer, better. Hoppy, like a hoppy. hoppy it's got a hoppiness to it. It's like a chocolate hoppiness in my mind. Not chocolate happiness, chocolate hoppiness. Chocolate rain. <laughs> that has been the Barrels and Barrels Bourbon and Baseball Podcast bourbon portion. Um, new riff. I like what they're doing. Just don't like the winter whiskey. Uh, so go check them out. Give them a shout out. Uh, their tour was inf- incredible. So if you're ever in town cheap tour and the whiskey's good outside of the winter whiskey so moving on we're gonna go to trivia because we just had the world baseball classic michael i figured let's go with a world baseball classic trivia question are you ready oh i'm ready baby okay who's the first usa player to ever hit back homers in back-to-back games in the world baseball classic on a usa team I've got two two guys sitting on top of my mind. I'm going to tell you who who they are, and then I'm going to tell you who I think is it is. Okay, it's Ken Griffey or David Wright. Okay. And I'm going to go with David Wright. Is that your final answer? That's my final answer. And neither of them. Man, that's so hoppy. <laughs> uh, uh, that is the wrong answer. You're going to love the answer. It is Derek Lee. Let's go. In, in 2006. So Derek, Derek Lee, Lee, you may remember him as a Chicago Cub or a Florida Marlin. I believe he finished Shark his Cub. career with the Braves and the Pirates uh, after he got traded away from the Cubs. But uh, Derek Lee, very good first baseman, 2005, should have won the MVP. Uh, and it was so close to a triple crown. I think he won yeah. MVP, didn't he? He did win the but MVP. Not triple crown. That's what it was. It was a stud season. That was the year the Cubs just kind of fell apart. Was that 05? Uh, I think it was 05. They hurt his wrist in 06? No. 2005 was Albert Pujols with Derek Lee finishing third. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think he won the MVP that year. And That's that why we have portals. <laughs> he led in batting average, home runs, and he was short in RBIs. Yeah, so that was a year for the Triple Crown. He was 10 RBI short of Pujols. And he still didn't win. Pujols beat him? Man. Pujols still beat him. <sighs> he had more. I mean, Pujols had an 8.4 war. Derek Lee finished third in MVP voting. Not even second, third. Who finished in second? Andrew Jones of Atlanta Braves with 78%. Uh, and that's who had the f- answer of our last trivia question last week. Derek Lee only had one first place vote. That's nuts. And he was so close to the Triple Crown. That's nuts. Well, Derek Lee played for Team USA. Team USA made it pretty far. 
uh, last night was the final. We'll jump into that here in a second. Uh, I want to touch on the Trey Turner incident on Saturday night. What did you think of that? The Trey Turner incident? Yeah, the Grand Slam, brother. Oh, I, I was you know, an incident. <laughs> I'm happened? thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking. You know, so, it, it, catastrophe. <laughs> no, that was. It was a catastrophe for Venezuela. Yeah, that's for sure. Which, you gotta get something else to drink there, Brandon. I'm going with King Ranch. (laughs) Sample from Lisa Grace, who's also an avid listener of Barrels and Barrels. So thank you, Lisa. Um, Trey Turner, I think, was the hottest player on Team USA. I don't know if he was in all of WBC, but I think he set or tied the record. I think he set the record, a new record, for most home runs by a player on Team USA in the WBC with six? Damn. Five. five. I think five was the record, and he broke it with six. Do you know who held the previous record? Turner's five home runs ties South Korea's Lee seong Yup's mark set in the first tournament in 06. Can you say that name again? Uh, that was Lee seong Yup's. He had five home runs. So Turner had five, um, tied the record Hmm. at five. He was a stud, man. That's who I wanted the Cubs to get this year. We were talking about it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. They acted like he was their number one target, but it was just a front, man. Hey, that that Philly lineup now with Turner in it. And Harper's coming back. And Schwarber had a rocket last night. Oh, my goodness. So I, I literally walked out of the room. <laughs> I watched all those foul balls that Schwarber, Schwarber it was you Darvish versus Schwarber. Yeah, just and like it was in the uh, NLCS. Schwarber knocking foul ball, foul ball, rocket foul ball. And I got up, walked out of the room, and all of a sudden I just hear the TV go nuts. I walk in, and I'm like, did I really just miss a Schwarber? How do you walk out of the room when Schwarber's at the bat, man? He fouled off like four. I don't know. I didn't. I, I'm a, I'm pessimistic baseball fan, becoming a Cubs fan. I just didn't think the best was going to happen. Well, the best didn't ultimately end up happening, but it did for that at bat. And Kyle Schwarber hit a rocket. That puppy was a missile. I think that Nuke. thing was still rising as it hit the stands. Okay, I, if, if Schwarber, I mean, even when you look back at the Cubs core of Bryant, Schwarber, Rizzo. Um, who was the fourth? Contreras? Would you say Contreras was the fourth? Who am I missing? Baez. Baez. Schwarber, they said. Chris Bryant came up, won MVP. They still said Schwarber was the best pure hitter. Oh, he they was. They thought he would, he would have the, the average and the power. And that's why they put him at leadoff for that. Was it 2019, 2018? So, whatever so year that they, he was. They say that. Cubs front office says that, and then they cut the guy. Then you cut the guy. And, uh, he went on to bigger and better things. He played in the World moving Series on. again. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Before I get uh, angry. Japanese-Mexico game was sick. Yes. Uh, I, so Dude. I was cheering for Team Mexico. For mm-hmm. the reason of the media wanted Team USA versus Japan. And it's like before Mexico and Japan even played... They were like, hey, tune in tomorrow night. Japan, may, probably Japan, with Otani pitching against Team USA. Before the game even happened, I was like, that's just like pushing. It just mm-hmm. had like NFL scripting 
all, oh, for all sure. over it. All over it. Like, oh, we know the stage is set. Here's what we want that we get the most attention. And Team Mexico came out and said, gotta get through us first. And they were so close. So close. So close. Randy Rosarena had an incredible World Baseball Classic, not only just hitting, but the, he robbed how many home runs? Like two or three. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just c- catching a ball and crossing the arms. Standing there with it. That was awesome. It, it was really fun. And what I loved about all of this is it showed how worldwide baseball still is. A lot of people think the World Series is, which is just held here, but like there's really good baseball over in Japan. It's a way of life in the Caribbean, in Mexico. Uh, these teams, they the passion they played with was incredible. It was fun. It was, what did you call it last week? March Madness in baseball? March Madness in baseball, yeah. And I think by showing how much viewership like Japan, like for like the semifinal or not even the semifinal, 47% of Japan TVs were tuned in or something like that. Maybe the number might be higher. Oh, you, you didn't see last you, night's number then. Do you know what the, the number was last night for the Otani? 97. 97. 97 for the Otani and Trout at bat. So you know what that tells me? 97% of televisions, not just 97% of like people who tuned in and out of the game. All the TVs that were on in Japan, 97% of those were on that game. Do you know what the Super Bowl was? Not even it was close. like f- 55 for America. Yeah. And you know how national the Super Bowl is, right? Mm-hmm. 97% of televisions. What the mother 3% doing? They must be, <laughs> working. They the must be working. They must be supporting everybody. They're doing It's either that or uh, what's that game show? So 97% of that game. You know what that tells me, though? Of, of Japan TVs. That was 97% of Japan TVs, mm-hmm. right? That tells me how bad Rob Manfred is messing up the sport in America. Oh, 100%. And how? not just in America, but I think he's messing it up for other countries too because baseball is more of a regional sport here in the United States and the MLB itself. It, it's it's a, the Otani's pregame speech. Even though it's called the World Series and the game is not is still confined within the US. This was where the best players go. The best players come to compete in the MLB. The guys from right. Japan come over, the team from Dominican Republic come up. So that's why so the the Otani's pregame speech was I know we admire them, but tonight we have to stop admiring them and play our game. That, that that's mm-hmm. not word for word there, but basically he just said to, I know we admire them tonight let's not so that i mean right there just telling the top players in japan who have that so much attention still admire the mlb and rob manfred is just destroying the game oh i i 100 agree and it showed how much not only just for the foreign countries but even here in the united states the players on the usa team the comments that came out from mike trout this is the most fun i've been having playing baseball paul goldschmidt hit a home run and he said it was the most important home run he's ever hit he's played in playoff games he's played for good mm-hmm. teams trey turner said something similar as well the guy's been in la he's been in a world series champion team in washington yep. he's on a team in philadelphia now where they've got championship aspirations uh I love the passion of it. And it showed, and that's what I love about the shortened portion of like the WBC is that it was what a two week event. 
yep. and it was allowed to show the passion and wear your emotions on your sleeve, which I know uh, 162 games, if you did that over and over, it would kind of lose its luster and lose its meaning. But it was cool to see players go, Lars Nupar, right? Go and play yep. in Japan. Uh, Matt Mervis, go play for Israel. Um, Team Italy. Owen Cassie, can- yeah. Canada. Team, Canada. You know. And it wasn't just the stars it was prospects it was players that what'd you say last week it was a guy who was an accountant and played third base for one of the countries yeah when they went through which country was that i have the teams up right here i want to say it was i guess it is czech Czech republic was it czech republic that was like they were interviewing their players and they were they were like oh it could have been israel it was israel or czech republic and they're like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a marketing manager, and I'm playing third base for the for the team. That's um, awesome. And then USA now. Cuba. Cuba, uh, a lot of great players come from Cuba. Think of Jorge Soler. Um, I think that's where Yasiel Puig came from. Did you see the story about the guy who... Yes, the, the catcher. Backup catcher, yeah. That's ballsy. Who, traveled with the team and i wonder if he just came to the team even because he was the backup catcher he was the was he the bullpen bullpen? catcher he was the bullpen bullpen catcher said hey i'm in a bad situation i need i need help this is i'm 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 not coming back yeah and they said okay you can be on the team you know you wonder you just don't know but yeah it's it's kind of scary for the guy because the media announced it right the media announced he defected like the moment it happened like yeah maybe uh, shut up for those of you who don't know, um, you can't really leave Cuba <laughs> uh, unless you do it illegally. Or and some of these baseball players, some of the stories that have been told about them, uh, Jose Abreu defected from Cuba. I think he was with Cuba, right? That's where he's mm-hmm. from. Uh, some of these players get kidnapped on a boat and taken away to a, a different country and then defects to the United States to play baseball. Just go back and look at some of these stories on how some of these players get over to the United States. It's kind of scary. Um, So what this guy did is he just didn't hop back on the plane back to Cuba after. So I wonder what that's going to do for future WBCs and the Cuban teams. Will Cuba refuse the, will the country refuse to let them play in the United States um, for the potential of that, like, do you think there will be backlash? You won't hear about it. I don't think you'd hear about it. I think no. they keep it knit, you know, not to get, into, not to get into po- po- political here, I don't, right. but I don't know. I would just question like knowing the background of all of that. Like if they know that they're going to lose some of their best players from the country, which they already are. Uh, I think even Lu- Luis Robert is from Cuba. Um, who's on the White Sox, but uh, like these players, they're really great talents. Like Jorge Soler, uh, when he came to the Cubs, um, Yoannis Cespedes, even like, was Yoan Mon- right. Moncada Cuban as well. I see th- that. I want to say Dominican? a lot of them are. They're, they're, yeah. I want to say most of them are Dominican. But then, speaking of Dominican, the Dominican Republic team. Man. They their their offense looked like it was the team to beat, and they didn't even and make it out of pool play, did they? They didn't make it out of pool play. Nope. Listen to this lineup. Manny Machado, I know that right. Their their catchers were Francisco Me, Me, Meja, 
from Mejia. the top prospect, Mejia and Gary Sanchez. Their infielders were Robinson Cano, Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Vlad Jr., Manny Machado, Cattell Marte, Jeremy Pena, Juan Segura, Nelson Cruz, and Willie Adonis. And wasn't Soto on that team? Outfielders, hey Oscar Hernandez, Elo Jimenez, Julio Rodriguez, and Juan Soto. That's an outfield. That's an all-star team. I, I mean, an absolute all-star team. And they team. didn't even make it out of their division. And their starting pitcher was Sandy Alcantara, the NL Cy Young, mm-hmm. which I think he shoved it, but that's... So basically, uh, there were 20 all-star teams that just played. Some of them didn't have the best. We'll give it that way. Not all of Team Netherlands and not all of Team Israel and Team Italy. They're not all MLB players. But a majority of these teams were basically stacked all-star teams. And some of them didn't even make it out of their pool play. And that's what was some so cool. Some didn't care. Some didn't care, though. I mean, like Great Britain, they their jersey, you know. they <laughs> Right. They, they they sold their jerseys to the highest to the lowest bidder. <laughs> to uh, the lowest whoever, bidder. Whoever could make them. <laughs> they didn't sell it to Charlie Mike Never Weekend, who is a big shout out. That's who made my t shirt and who makes our Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast t shirt. And again, shameless plug, if you want a t shirt, reach out to us. So the World Baseball Classic, a pretty great ending to the to classic, obviously as Americans. We don't like the the way it ended, but uh, at least we were there, right? You didn't even think USA was going to make it out of the pool play last week. So to be into the championship game, have a chance for back-to-back, almost did it. 3-2 to two final, I believe, right? But the yep, ending of all endings, like could you have scripted that any better? No. I mean, that's where that NFL scripting is almost – in baseball, it can't happen as easy with flags and everything, but that you couldn't have scripted it any better, like you said, Brandon. Shohei Itani the best two-way player ever to play the game could be the best player of baseball depending on who he has faces his teammate mike trout who for pretty much the last decade has been the face of baseball the best player compared to mickey mantle could be the best compared player to as the greatest player ever right and here comes shohei and they come and face off and what happens pitching shohei shoves pitching always wins I saw that Mike Trout in his career had only had 24 plate appearances where he had three swinging strikes in his entire mm-hmm. career. And that happened last night with Shohei Otani. So it just shows you how incredible those two athletes are and how incredible Shohei is. Not only that he can do that on the mound, but he can hit like Trout can. Oh, and by the way, they haven't done shit. As an Angels corporation in the last three that's years. That's unreal. Those two best players are on the have been on the same team for how long? And that's the, the biggest game they've ever played. <laughs> I, I kept on commenting from our Facebook page. One more meaningful game for Trout and Otani before they return back to the Angels for 162 exhibition games. Meaningless um, games. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Keith Olbermann, did you see that comment? Yeah. Man, all the comments about people saying these are meaningless games. And I understand there's injuries, but... For every Edwin Diaz who got hurt and tore his patella tendon, it sucks. Trust me. I've been there. I've ruptured my patella tendon. I know what that is. It sucks. He's not playing again this year. Brandon Nimmo got hurt playing in a spring training game. So the Mets are in trouble. <laughs> Would you rather – I mean, you look at it. Those are meaningful games against all-stars, like we just said. Would you rather your players your your players be getting ready and facing that 
for a couple of weeks right or going facing a single a pitcher who's trying to or you know who who, who can't locate and is going to get hit by the pitch like Jose Altuve did yeah and Jose Altuve did that in the World Baseball Classic um he broke his hand and is out for 8 to 10 weeks as well so some key injuries out of this but we've also had key injuries in spring training injuries are a part of the game they're going to happen whether it's part of spring training whether it's part of the World Baseball Classic and I think this did a lot more for the sport, especially worldwide, because not only did it happen worldwide, now these people in Japan who idolize these MLB players, they may be paying attention more to a Trey Turner this year or a Paul Goldschmidt or a Mike Trout because he's playing with Shohei, right? Like, I think it helps spread the game of baseball worldwide even more than it already has. And hopefully we start to see that excitement, especially with some of these new rules, right, coming into the game the next couple of weeks. I think that there will be some excitement. I think there will be some extra eyeballs just because of the new rules to see what it's like, right? Everybody loves something new to see what something looks like when it's different. So I, right. I don't think that this hurt in any way. And if you're a f person who's saying the World Baseball Classic was meaningless – Hopefully you're not listening to this You don't podcast. know good baseball. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you're not listening to this podcast and you're not 45 minutes in already. Boy. That, <laughs> sorry. That, that heated me up the last couple of weeks. But, man, what a game. What an ending. Did you see the meme of the uh, uh, the Shohei Itani, Mike Trout uh, thing? I didn't. Did I not send it to you? Oh, it was so... I haven't been trying. I haven't been looking that much today. So so funny. I, I think I sent it yesterday. It was like a three-headed dragon. Oh yes. <laughs> and it was like Team Japan with Shohei Otani, and it was just fierce-looking dragon. And then it was Mike Trout with Team USA, fierce-looking dragon. And then the third head was like the hyena from the Lion King, who's like tongue sticking out, and it says yeah. both on the same team in the MLB. This is the Angels. <laughs> it was just like the team that can't do anything. Uh, it's Unreal. extremely funny. Go check out MLB memes on Facebook and Instagram. It it had me rolling. I just, I hope that they saw how exciting this this. Uh, when I say they, I mean pitchers for for the U.S. Mm -hmm. saw how exciting this was, and more guys want to say. And that's I'm not I'm not trying to dig at Mayo Kelly, Nick Martinez, the guys that did show up for the for, to represent. Right. Thank you for coming to represent the team. Thank you for mm -hmm. showing out, and you know they kept them in the game. You can say risk, um, but the, the team USA's best pitchers did not show up. A lot of them did not. Scherzer, Degrom, Verlander, and they were all sitting on the sidelines. You could even throw. I mean, Adam Wainwright. He's not the best pitcher in the USA right now, but he was on the team, right? Like, right. thanks for being part of it. Just, I think we could have had a much better rotation than ended up being out there All right props to merrill kelly being out there yeah i mean he kept us in the game a lot longer than i thought he would have three to two yeah. final in a, in a you can't ask for more against a team like japan but so that has been a wrap on the world baseball classic announcement was that it is coming back in 2026 so it's not going to be a four-year thing it's going to be a three-year thing so we don't have to wait as long but as michael mentioned next year will be the first time since 2018 that we had a normal spring training. Because 2019 was the last World Baseball Classic. 2020, you know, something happened, oh, pandemic right. or something. 2021, something. Uh, pandemic was still going on, so they delayed spring training a little bit. 
And then 2022, there were labor issues. And then 2023, this year, we had the World Baseball Classic again. So next year, 2024, there will be some players in this spring training who are like, what is a normal spring training? Right? Like, All right. Because some players who started as rookies in 2018 could be out of the league already. They're, they're almost through their first my, like rookie through contract. their first contract. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's Nico almost. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Wow. Nico's never had a normal spring training, and he's been no, he's he not. He was drafted that year. In 2019 was the year he came up. In 2020 he played as a regular in the pandemic game. Yeah. Just nuts stuff there. So that was the World Baseball Classic. I mentioned the Edwin Diaz and Brandon Nimmo injuries. Also had Jose Altuve. Uh, just really cool stuff. We're a week away uh, as this episode drops from opening day. Before opening day, a lot of people participate in this this make-believe game on, on the internet, just like they do for football, fantasy baseball. Hey, it's passionate. It's awesome. Uh, <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, no, I love fantasy baseball. I haven't played it. Uh, I played it last year. I'm not going to do it this year. But Michael is our fantasy baseball guru, our genius. And uh, you got something special cooked up. But also here as people are starting the fantasy drafts, do you have any tips? Do you have any thoughts on uh, what they should do or look for fantasy baseball-wise? They're saying this is the year that there is a lot of middle-tier pitching this year. Usually in the years past, those stud pitchers are hard to come by. And they say, go hitter heavy early on in your drafts because there's a lot better middle-tier pitching. You wonder if that's because the juice ball's gone. The juice ball era is over, so pitchers aren't being punished as much anymore. Um, who knows? Rob Manfred changes the ball every other year. You never know. But could it be pitch the clock? Juice ball's you think? Over. Pitch clock could be. Um, I mean, I think the younger guys are taught to be in a rhythm, and when you get, that's what batters do. They're taught, hey, if that pitcher's in a rhythm, step out, and you don't really have that anymore, and right. you have a forced rhythm. So, so go for the bigger hitters up front, and uh, find the bigger two. hitters up front, and find your pitchers later. You'll figure it out. So, if you're in like a money draft where you have to play and bid on players you would say go for the hitters and then use your lower money on middle tier pitching i would spend 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 the bulk of your money on those uh big hitters especially third base shortstop outfield those thin out pretty quick and you have something cool coming up with some buddies here uh which you'll be able to find here under the umbrella of barrels and barrels the bourbon and baseball podcast you'll hear some of the episodes here on our feed but where can we find you dudes and what is it and what what are you guys cooking up so we're going to be starting a fantasy baseball focused um, podcast here that will uh, fall under barrels and barrels. It's called Fantasy Camp by Barrels and Barrels. Fantasy so Camp we'll be, by Barrels and we'll Barrels. We'll be talking week to week on waiver wire, start sits, breakouts and busts, uh, all your fantasy advice and conversation. Uh, we'll do we'll do questions, mailbag. We'll we'll do it all. It's 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 going to be a fun time. We've got uh, three guys I've played fantasy baseball with since 2007 <sighs> and that we've been playing together. Um, so we know each other's what we go after, and <laughs> it, it, it's a great time. It's Keeper League? It's a, we, started, we started our own custom Keeper League in 2015. Cool. Um, so that's so almost a decade old. Almost a decade. Our, our own rules. We wrote a constitution and word and 
have it posted and it's it's a great time i pledge allegiance to the group of fantasy baseball <laughs> oh at the draft we, we get together for the draft and we stand up for the pledge of allegiance usually it's carrie underwood singing for us um <laughs> uh and that's this weekend right you guys are doing your big fantasy baseball draft you're doing something cool for it yeah we're we're getting together this is probably our 2015 we started getting together all 10 to 12 of us to get together for an auction draft so usually about an hour half hour in on no voice from yelling everyone's yelling five dollars no. you're the commissioner aren't you i commish yes so, so you're the rob manfred so in your the problem is we never have an auctioneer then it's just us and so someone has to keep it rolling and during the draft i never get to just stare at my my as stuff happens and get to adjust so i have to have my game plan ready to go prior mm -hmm. to the draft starting do you have any booms or busts here on barrels and barrels a bourbon baseball podcast i'm sure you'll have some more on fantasy camp from barrels and barrels but here for our listeners if they're into fantasy baseball and they've got a draft here coming up, who's your biggest boom? Who's your biggest bust of 2023? I, when you hear the word bust, you, you think of a guy who's going to be terrible, but you can also think of it as a way of guys who are going to be drafted very high value. Right. But then aren't going to live up to that. I think Aaron judge, Aaron judge, does not live up to his value. He's going, he's average draft pick like one, two overall. I don't know if he can put up that season that he did last year again. Mm -mm. And in prior years, he wasn't close to that. Right. And so you have to um, treat it like the outlier, right? Right. So that was my bust. I think Aaron Judge might not live up to that draft uh, draft level there. Mm -hmm. um, I think breakout. I think it's no one is really talking about Nico Horner. Nico is moving from shortstop to second base. Second base is not a deep position. Nico hits the ball from gap to gap, has surprising power. In 2020, I think he was hitting close to 300 in that short season, mm -hmm. if I'm mistaken. So I think he could have a breakout season that where he, if he's he's drafted probably, maybe even goes undrafted. Well, and he he's going to have shortstop pick. eligibility too, right? Shortstop and second, but the shortstop's right. not what you care about. You care that right. he's going to get that second base eligibility. Right, but in the pinch, if for some reason your shortstop does get hurt and you have an additional second baseman, you could slide him over if need be. Right, right, right. So I always thought, like, try to draft utility guys, guys who can play multiple positions or at least fantasy. That helped me last year, yeah. yeah. DJ LeMayhew, first, second, third. Yeah, even outfield too sometimes, right? Like Javi Baez, uh, Christopher Morel who plays multiple Chris Bryant, third base yeah. and outfield in the outfield. Right. Uh, I always looked for the guys who could play first base and outfield because you could kind of put them in both. Now, the one year where the Cubs would, when Rizzo would switch to a second, to a, a regular glove, mm -hmm. he did he that enough times to qualify for second base. Well, and, and that so was did 2017. I want to so. say I had the absolute killer lineup because I, I saw that coming. I knew Rizzo. So I had Rizzo as my first baseman. I traded for Paul Goldschmidt. Hell yeah. And everyone's like, you have a first baseman. I was like, just you wait. And I had Rizzo at second, Goldschmidt at first. I had like the stud of a team and still lost. And still lost. Well, uh, do you guys have a bragging rights um, trophy of some sort or 
uh anything like that i'm sure you'll probably get, we, get into it in your fantasy camp we have a, a we get a bobblehead we do it over on cbs and they send us a bobblehead every year that says oh, fantasy cool. champion but then one of our guys made a, a makeshift trophy it's got baseballs on it it's got made out of mini bats then held up with and like a World Series trophy on the top of it with a hat, baseball hat. I'll have to post a picture of our cool. Of our trophy yeah, yeah. There. Uh, and there's a new Instagram account for Fantasy Camp Barrels and Barrels. Uh, do you know what that is? Can you tell us it? Yep, yeah, it's at, at Fantasy Camp BNB. At Fantasy Camp BNB. So go check those guys out. Uh, a couple of Michael's good buddies. They'll be putting out some fantasy content on Instagram, on YouTube. That'll be right here on our normal YouTube channel. Uh, but if you're looking for that via podcast, it's going to be a different feed. So just go search out Fantasy Camp Barrels and Barrels. So that has been another edition of Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast. We've got a lot coming down the pike, as you just heard from Michael. We've got fantasy stuff going on. But next week is probably going to be one of my favorite episodes that we record because it is the prediction time. This is where we you got put happy. In- yeah, I wish. I wish. Oh, okay. Sorry. The next best thing. Bardstown Origin Series. Bottled and bond weeded bourbon, as well as Ooh. a high rye regular bourbon. And we're going to try to get our hands on the Origin Series rye from Bardstown. So it's going to be a trio, hopefully, of Bardstown whiskeys. And uh, we're also going to have our 2023 season predictions, World Series, divisions, MVPs, all of that. So come check us out next week for that. Be on the lookout for that. We'll have at some point, we've been teasing it for a while, a Bourbon 101, more bourbon and whiskey reviews, more interviews, hopefully down the pike with different distilleries, different players that maybe have made league baseball, uh, hopefully about that and learn more about us. You can find us on Instagram. Michael just gave out Fantasy Camp BNB. We are at Barrels and Barrels Pod on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube under all the same handle. Twitter is at Barrels and Barrels, and you can email us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. We did not get any emails saying people made it this far in the podcast last week, so nobody got a sticker. But if you've made it an hour in yet again, and you're listening, and you want a sticker, we've got a couple left, reach out, email us, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Michael, you're on Instagram. Where can we find you? Instagram and Twitter. I'm getting a little more active on Twitter with baseball going on, fantasy baseball. Uh, both of those are BNB underscore Burns. And I am at Whiskey underscore Weather. You see it above us here on YouTube. That's another reminder. Go head over to YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. We're putting out more content. You're going to get more videos from Michael about fantasy baseball. I'll have some content maybe about some gambling uh, or some advice on that. If it's illegal where you live. If not, don't do it. Is it against the law? I tell you, I'm going to come break your knuckles, break your knuckles, break your knees, and knock your kneecaps out. Uh, And again, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We are now on Stitcher. Also, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Podcasts. Please, 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 please rate us, review us. Uh, I just was open and honest about DFAing. My first bottle, New Riff Winter Whiskey. Michael has been very... Are you okay? You I'm, good. Okay I'm good. I'm good. I'm pretty proud of myself, to be honest. Like I'm holding myself up pretty high. I'm putting myself on a pedestal today because I got my first DFA. So suck on that. Uh, that has been it for another episode of Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. I believe this was episode 18. Any last words for our friends and family? Let's go.